How do you push a talented young athlete in the right direction? How do you take a good kid with a crazy dream and help him achieve it? Before Rory McIlroy climbed to world number one, before he'd won his first major title, before he'd even turned 10 years old, he had Michael Bannon guiding him in the right direction. He's very happy and, you know, it, it just it would have done your heart good to watch him, how he loved golf and how he went out and played. And uh, He was just a good kid, you know, and everybody loved him around the club. On the PGA Tour, players tend to change coaches like they change equipment, frequently and impulsively. But not Rory McIlroy, because he still has Michael Bannon, the coach who helped raise him. I'm Dylan DeChair, and this is The Drop Zone. So I'm here with Michael Bannon, who is the star of a new show on, uh, on Golf Pass called Breaking Into the Game Juniors. And uh, Michael also happens to be the coach of one of the more famous junior golfers of all time, Rory McIlroy. So, Michael, thanks for joining us. Yeah, you're very welcome. Nice to be here. And, Michael, I think to set the stage for us, I'd love to know what is the culture of junior golf in Northern Ireland? Because you were a pro up at, uh, at various clubs in Northern Ireland, and I'm curious uh, how you think it might compare or contrast to, say, junior golf in, in the United States. Well, the culture, you know, especially where I was in Hollywood Golf Club uh, for 16 years, and then I moved to Bangor Golf Club, which wasn't too far away, uh, for 13 years. The culture, I mean, we we tried to introduce a culture that juniors were like just little people in the golf club. And we got the members to buy into this. And they were happy to see junior golfers around the club, around the pro shop, the practice ground, and, and playing golf. And it gave us a lot of time uh, and times on the golf course where they could play. And I was uh, at the core or at the baseline, if if you know what I mean, with the coaching. So we started them off in different groups and brought them through. And one of the big things that we have in Northern Ireland is competition from an early age and lots, lots of that at different age groups. And I think that's one of the things that maybe... Uh, that maybe other places don't have just as much. Uh, I saw that whenever, uh, especially in, in Bangor, when I was there doing a lot of coaching. And what do you think that that competition at an early age does to kids? Does it, it normalize that sense of being up against each other? It's that, yes, it does. It gives you that edge and that, that competitive edge. But I think it also what it does is it takes a lot of the golf away from the range and away from the technical side and actually into playing the game very early you know getting out in the golf course learning to play against uh, their opponents learning to play the course more than they were on on the practice range so then take me to the moment when did you first meet rory mcelroy do you do you have a first memory of seeing him play golf yes well i mean rory uh, and his mom and dad lived in the same street about 200 yards from where i lived at the time mm-hmm. and uh, his dad was a friend of mine you know, long before Rory was born. And he was a really good golfer in the club in Hollywood. And he used to bring Rory up and set him in the, the little pram or stroller. And Rory would watch his dad hit golf balls. And I think that was, you know, the, the very early sort of genesis of his, his golf swing, watching his dad swing uh, and drinking it all in, just soaking it in like a sponge. And that's where, you know, I really would have seen Rory there and then very quickly even when he was in nappies he would have hit golf balls with a plastic club and a plastic ball mm-hmm. when he was about two two years of age 
Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we've all seen those clips now of uh, young Rory doing his thing and watching his dad. And even now, it's striking actually seeing a side-by-side of Jerry's golf swing and Rory's golf swing because, you know, maybe at first glance they don't look like the same thing, but when you slow it down, they sure have a lot of similarities. Yeah, there are similarities, and especially the 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 nice flow. Jerry had, had always a nice flow in his golf swing. It was nice and syrupy and loose, and Rory would have had some of that too, and he still does have that. So when did you first start working with Rory as, you know, in, an, in a more official capacity as his coach? Yeah, well, Rory joined the golf club when he was eight years of age. The normal age to join the golf club in Hollywood was about 12. But Rory was so far advanced that at eight years of age, they allowed him in to play golf and play junior competition golf. <laughs> so I started to look at him then and, and talk to him and give him little hints and, and teach him. Uh, but very gently, you know, because Rory at that time had a lot of good things going on. He really had a good pattern and a good movement. And he could he could do things with the golf ball even at that age. He could move it about. He could hit it low, high. And he had all those sort of like, a bit like Severiano Ballesteros who could actually do things like that. He had a sense of where the ball was going to go and he could just change his alignment, change the club face and, and, and make the ball do what he wanted to do. So it was really eight years of age is where we started. And was that, I think I remember reading he was the youngest ever member admitted to the club when he was eight years old? Yes, he was. That's absolutely right. The only, they asked me, you know, should he be a member? And I said, yes, of course, his golfing abilities are fantastic as long as he can, you know, look after himself and he's safe on the golf course, which was very important. And his parents said yes. And there you are. He was a member. And what was he like at that point? Was he, you know, did he love the game of golf? Was he, a, you know, a, an impudent little kid or was he... You know, did he carry himself pretty well? No, he was never, well he was never impudent. He was just a great young child. You know, he was very happy. And, you know, it, it just it would have done your heart good to watch him, how he loved golf and how he went out and played. And uh, he was just a good kid, you know, and everybody loved him around the club. And he was a talking point because he was so young and so talented. But, uh, you know, he was he was just a good young guy. You know, that's all yeah. I can say. No, that's great. And then was a lot of his work, you talked about that, contrast of being on the range versus being out on the golf course did he have a a mix of that did he spend more time in one place or the other we just talked about this one day maybe about a year ago and i said uh, what do you think rory what was the percentage he said it was probably 80 to 90 percent out on the course and then Hmm. 10 20 percent practice but in the early days it was all on the course he played and played and played he played nine holes played again he never really hung about the pro shop that much uh, maybe sometimes in the putting green he would chip and putt there, but he was mainly on the golf course learning the game. Hmm. That's really interesting. And is that something that you would prescribe for other juniors now seeing, I mean, obviously there's many ways to do it and different guys have, have gotten to the top being more range rats, but are you a, a fan in general of this approach of being out on the golf course as much as possible? Yes. If it's possible for the juniors to, to get on the golf courses, uh, and there are some golf courses, like small golf courses, six-hole, nine-hole, short, 18-hole. And, you know, anywhere they can go to play, I think it's great. You know, because that, that's, you've, got to, you've got to play the different conditions. You've got to play the different lies. You've got to play the, you know, the rough. All these different things that you're going to come up against on a golf course. And you don't always learn them on a flat surface on the range. So for me, playing the game is what the juniors should do. Get out on the course. 
Let's take a second to tell you about our friends at DraftKings. Golf is back, and DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. It's easy to play. You just need to pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off on Thursday. The more birdies they make, the more points you get, the closer you get to winning some green. So download the DraftKings app now and use code DZ during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions in prizes, and that is code DZ only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Do you want to be a professional golfer when you grow up? Yes. Who's your favorite Irish golfer? Darren Clark. Darren, is it? Give it a yeah. go with that then. And do you remember anything about Rory's goals at this point? Because, you know, now he's said he always wanted to, to win all the majors. Do you, do you remember how young he was thinking that big or, or if you had ever expressed that? Yes, well, when Rory was eight or nine years of age and he came into the shop to get his card, he, he would always have written, you know, the name of a tournament on the top of the card, hmm. like the Open or something major. And, you know, that's how young he was. He was uh, aspiring to, to win these, these massive tournaments. You know, he, he would have put a name of the, like the British Open or something <laughs> on the top or the Open and, or the Master, something on the top of his card. So he would be simulating actual golf tournaments when he went out and played? Yeah, he did, you know, and one of the smart things his dad did was, which was very good, and a lot of junior parents should do is, his dad adjusted the pars on the golf course. <laughs> so if it was a par four, I mean, Rory was small, and he reckoned, okay, the par is really six or seven for that hole. So he mm-hmm. would write that on a card. You know, this is not in competition golf. This is just in, you know, casual golf where Rory would go out and play. So the first could have been a par six or seven. Mm-hmm. Then the next might have been a six, and he'd, he'd do nine holes or whatever, and Rory could go around the course under par. Like I'd play with him like a normal golf course, but you know instead of it being a par four, it would be a par ten. And if I made a nine or an eight, that was a birdie or an eagle, and I felt really good about myself, and that made me want to keep coming back. And it was really a smart thing because it gave him the confidence, thinking, yeah, it's great, I was under par today. Under par of the, of the, the course that his dad set up from His dad had set the pars on the course. So sure. That's then a good he, thing. He learned how to make birdies, I guess, at a very early age. Well, that's it. And not to be afraid to be under par. Yeah. And so then what was your working relationship like then with Rory's parents? Because I know that that can sometimes be tricky figuring out, you know, who's going to coach when and, and what that whole back and forth will be like. You know, when his dad handed him over to me, he sort of said to me one day when I was about eight, he came into the shop and Rory needed his clubs gripped and I I had to take about five or six inches off the clubs and <laughs> his dad looked at me and I says, well, they don't fit him. I mean, I'll put a junior's grip on, 500 core grip and, and, and put it on the club and give it to him. And he said, you know more than me, you can look after him. So we did it from then and it was like, it's very, very similar to, you know, the way we do it today. It's, you know, a couple of hints on, on maybe what the faults are a couple of little antidotes or little changes, and then Rory would go away and fix it and come back and let me check it again, and then we go forward from there. And, of course, there's plenty of talented junior golfers, um, some more than others, obviously, but what was different about Rory, and did you know it right away, or 
if not right away, when do you think you saw it? I think I did see it right away that he had something different from other people. You know, he really had a, first of all, he had this very strong love of the game and he also had like a tunnel vision, you know, that he was, he knew he was good and we always told him he was good. His parents told him he was great. So did I and the coaching, there was never a negative word spoken. And, you know, we gave him the confidence to actually know that he was good and he it just, he went from there. He was very, very positive. He was very, very... He believed in himself very early on. Look out for this guy. If the Americans are Tiger Woods, we have young Roy. And believe you me, this boy can hit a ball. I watched him. Good luck. Thank you. Good luck. Good luck. What a star. He'd make me sick, wouldn't he? <laughs> was there a lot of pressure on him from an early age? Not necessarily from, uh, you know, his little core group, but from maybe Hollywood or, or from Northern Ireland in general? No, I don't think so. I think any pressure that Rory had, he probably had it on himself, but, you know, we didn't put any pressure on him. We just went, we took it as, as it came along and we went with the flow and we just, I coached him and helped him along. And, I mean, he just, in his early teens until he was 18, he was unbelievable. He was just unreal. I mean, if he didn't win the tournament he was playing and we thought there was something wrong. <laughs> so, but, but there was never any, we never put pressure on him. Yeah. That's one thing that we didn't do. We, I think maybe that's just the way we were or just subconsciously we thought that he doesn't need to be under pressure. He's going to do it himself. I wonder if there's any single tournament or maybe even single shot that stands out from that period when he was you know, a young teenager and just simply better than anyone else around. Um, it's hard for me to know. I, I didn't go to a lot of the tournaments, but mm-hmm. um, I think he was about 13 when he won an under-18 event his first sort of main event that he won in a, a place called Donica Day Golf Club. It was the Ulster Boys Championship. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I watched him and I watched him in the final and the way he swung and the way he managed himself, it was like he was a pro. Hmm. He was just so good, you know, but so so advanced for his years. You know, and I, and I can't single out one shot, but I, I can just say that he, he got better and better every year as we went along. Yeah. I'm always interested when successful people are asked about their combination of, you know, talent and hard work versus luck. Yeah. And I, I wonder if there's anything you could point to in Rory's life that would be considered uh, lucky or if, you know, his talent and his hard work were just that transcendent. I don't know. I mean, I suppose you you got lucky if you've got good parents and his parents were great. They brought him up well and, mm-hmm. you know, gave him the confidence and, you know, I'm not going to talk about myself, but maybe I was the right person in the right place at the time. I was lucky too. It's just, uh, I can't really, I don't really know. I just don't know. <laughs> I guess it's the perfect recipe, whichever way it is. I mean, because... Well, I think that's what you got to say. You know, you can't really say, I mean, if it had been different people, it might have been different. You just don't know. It's just what it is. And I think uh, there was a lot of good ingredients in the mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because some some people you would say, oh, in uh, football, if a guy is a six foot four wide receiver and can run a forty yard dash in you know four seconds, then you know that's a certain type of talent. But you look at Rory, especially as a kid, you wouldn't necessarily know, oh, he's going to be the number one golfer in the world. So it, golf is just an interesting sport in that way. But if you if you had been there all along and watched, and the buzz that he would have created around Hollywood Golf Club and the way he played, you know. Rory would, Rory worked very hard, you know, on the golf course, learning his game. But 
you know, you talk about talent. I mean, there's a certain amount of talent and a certain amount of ability to swing a golf club, but he worked, you know, very, very hard all those years on his game. And that's probably you know, one of the major factors in, in how good he is now. I was listening to an interview Rory was giving uh, a couple months ago, and he was talking about the importance of junior golfers also playing other sports. And I'm wondering um, if that's something that, that you think is important, that, that guys should be playing different sports when they're growing up and not just zeroing in on the game of golf. I think it is important that you can play some team sports. So you get this, you, you, golf can be a very lonely game. It can be very, you know, uh, I don't know what the word for it, like, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it can be lonely. And, and uh, with team games, it gives you a, like a camaraderie and it gives you a connection with other people. And young people should always try different sports, mm-hmm. you know, and eventually they might, they'll click on one, you know, they might, pick up a tennis racket, they might play football, they might play golf, they might play soccer. And suddenly somewhere in the, you know, in those years, they'll say, well, this is the one that I like, you know? And Rory always liked golf. He did play other other sports, but he uh, he stuck to the golf. Did you guys always see eye to eye on on little tweaks in his golf swing? Or do you guys always agree about stuff? What kind of a, a relationship do you guys have? Sometimes not always. You know, we chat about it. We actually talk it through quite sensibly. And you know, I always am the devil's advocate if he, he's making a swing a certain way. And I'd say, yeah, that's good for this, but that can that can be a problem maybe down the line uh, if you're swinging too much that way. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we would we would discuss the the different parts of the swing, which he's very knowledgeable about. And, you know, we get to a, a middle ground. And I'm also very, very, you know, I played a lot of golf myself, so yeah. I know how difficult the game is. And I know whenever a player settles on a feeling or a, a certain way they want to shape the shot or a certain thing that you've got to go with that there and try your best as a coach to try and manage it. Yeah. It's not just me coaching them. It's, it's, it's Rory and I together doing the thing. Well, that's what struck me. I mean, completely from the outside, but just observing the way he talks about you and your working relationship is that there's a lot of trust. There's not a need for, you know, you to be, in the camera when he's hitting balls on the range before a big tournament no. or anything like that. Uh, and, and I wonder if you could uh, talk about that trust a little bit. Yeah, I think that's true because, uh, you know, we, uh, well, all through those years that I coached Rory from, <clears throat> he was eight years of age until he went on the tour, we had kind of a little system where he would come to me, I would look at the swing. Uh, we'd go up and look at it on the on the V1 system on the computer, and we'd we'd have a talk about it, and then we'd go back down and make a few adjustments, come back up again and see if it was fixed, and then away he would go. So, so it was kind of like a little chat, and you know, at times he would he would like certain swings, and he said I like to look at that, and he'd go back through his old swings or look at some other people's swing, and, and I would either say yeah that's okay to do that or it's not, and but <clears throat> it was a kind of a like a partnership, really, you know, yeah. with me making sure that he wasn't going like down the wrong track. The relationship is good. It's, uh, you know, I always am very happy to listen to everything that Rory tells me and, and he feels because, you know, sometimes coaches can't see everything. You know, you have to get the feelings of the, of the person. You've got to see, you know, what's inside their head or what's inside their 
you know, as they're feeling their takeaway or their top of the pack swing or they're striking the ball, you gotta you gotta talk to them. And, you know, it's important to be there. But I mean, once Rory gets something in his head, you gotta leave him alone. Just let him go. Let's take a second to tell you about our friends at Roman. Anyone who's dealt with erectile dysfunction knows how awkward it can be to talk about in person. But luckily, there's a simple, convenient solution to get the treatment you need without leaving your couch. Our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. So if you're struggling with ED, you can stay home, go to GetRoman.com DZ for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com DZ for a free online visit with free two-day shipping. I wonder when you see Rory now, which of these two ideas is more true that, uh, wow, look at how far this guy has come from that kid at Hollywood or wow, you know, he's really the same guy that he was at, at six years old, eight years old, 10 years old. Well, there's a lot of that 10 year old in him, you know, but he's, he's definitely a very different person now. He's matured great. And he, He's he's a great learner. I mean, he learns very quickly, and I would say that he he learns from one month to the next, or from one tournament to the next, and he sucks it in. And you know, he's he just keeps learning and keeps wanting to get better. I think the big driver is wanting to be better all the time. Hmm. Yeah, and, and so I wonder then if you could tell me a little bit about um, how your work with Rory versus you know other juniors over time how your philosophy maybe has shifted and what you're working on uh, in terms of, of trying to get juniors into the game and working with different parts of their games for, in, you know, in your new show, for instance. Yeah, well, I mean, it's very orthodox and, and the, the show is very simplistic. It's kind of like ultra simplistic. It's not really for like, there might be some bits in it for uh, like seasoned golfers, but it's really like right down to the baseline and hopefully, it's, it's simple little things that I would do when I would teach juniors. Not everything, but there's just some things in there. But it's 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 kind of basic, simplistic, and not a lot of rocket science in it. If you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just something that you know. But I don't teach everybody the same. You can't do that. You're teaching a person. Mm-hmm. You know, and if they can't do it one way, I might have another two ways or three ways. But I'll, I'll tell them how to do that, and then suddenly something will click, and then they'll be able to do that movement. That's for me is is one of the big things. It's not just reading it out of a book and and talking to the to the client or to the pupil. It's it's working with them, trying to mold them, trying to get that that sense of what you're trying to teach them in, in very basic English, and not not confuse them too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then in the sh- in the show, then you'll obviously focus on. Uh, things that are more generally applicable to junior golfers as a whole. That's what it's all about. It's really, the show is about talking to juniors. You're talking to the parents as well at times, but it's really just, I mean, some pros might look at it and think, oh, that's very, very simple stuff. But you're talking to juniors, you're trying to get them into the game and you're showing them some simple things that you might do if you if you took a lesson from me. Hopefully we can get through this, maybe more juniors to, to play the game and to enjoy it because it's it's just a fantastic game. Yeah, and it can be 
an intimidating game to join, I think, because it's, you know, it's difficult. That's one of the fundamental truths about golf is that it is hard. And I wonder if there's a, do you think that there's a culture of kids playing golf around, you know, Northern Ireland that gets more people into the game at a young age? I think so, yeah. I think there's a lot of encouragement in golf clubs in Northern Ireland. We, any clubs I've been involved with and, you know, anywhere close to me here, it's juniors are well looked after. They're, you know, it's not in the Victorian age where, you know, you've got to sit in the corner and not be heard. The, uh, the clubs take it on board. They get involved in it. They buy into it. And they're, I mean, to me, they're just little people and you've got to look after them. You've got to, you know, make sure they're happy at what they're doing. And if they're happy, then they'll come back for more lessons and they'll, they'll like golf. Yeah. So I made my first trip to Northern Ireland last year for the, uh, for the open and was just blown away by the whole place. Um, I got to play Ardglass where I know you were an assistant. Yeah. Well, at, that's where I, I live and... near Ardglass. Yeah. I play there. Oh yeah. Well, I'm, and that was like one of the, that was a transformative golf experience for me was playing this, right. this place Ardglass. How long were you, how long did you work there? Well, I worked there for a couple of years in, in the early eighties. And then, you know, I don't live too far away and I'm a member there and I, I play there. I also play in a place down Patrick, very close to me, which I play quite often. But Art Glass is nice because of the beautiful views and it's, it's a lovely place to come and play. Well, and it really has this feeling that you're going out for a, an adventure when you set foot on the first tee. I mean, you're walking out of a, a castle, which is the clubhouse and onto the tee and the sea is on the left. And I mean... I can't tell you how much that experience of playing that course just felt like, you know, it, it felt something different than a lot of the the golf that we get used to playing in the United States. And, and I wonder if that's, if that is that sense of adventure seems, I don't know, essential to golf in Northern Ireland. I think you're right. I think that's, that's all part of it. You know, the, the junior golfers in Northern Ireland, are, you know, they're, They've got to be happy at what they're doing, you know, and I know that there's a lot of good professionals here. The PGA looks after them very well and the clubs buy into it. But the, uh, to me, as I said before, playing the game is, is the big thing. More play uh, and just a bit less on the range and enjoy the experience, learn how to play the different uh, lies and different conditions. Yeah. And, and if you had advice for any parents who were trying to get their kids into the game uh, and maybe weren't great players themselves, um, is there any universal advice that you have for parents that are curious about starting out? I would say, yeah, go down to the pro at the golf club and take some take good advice from them and uh, maybe not get too involved themselves at the very start. Let the pro work away and try and get the young kid to uh, improve, give them some lessons and tips, and but but maybe back off a little bit until they get a little bit bigger and then they can become more involved. And it's funny that Rory's parents were the complete opposite of that. <laughs> they would not have, they just let Rory play and they just let me do my thing. And they were sort of, you know, like the auntie to uh, like the, the parents who would get too involved. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because there's uh the the style of Earl Woods has become so famous in the golf world where he was, you know, extremely present and and I've I've seen some of those videos from when he was a kid and there was certainly nothing negative about it. Earl was Earl and Tiger seemed well, to be different very he, close, but he he was very good at what he did. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the thing. He was yeah. very knowledgeable. He knew exactly what he was doing. It's a bit like 
you know, the the Williams sisters, their dad, I mean, he wasn't a tennis player, but I mean, he knew exactly what he was doing. Mm-hmm. So you do get those, uh, say, the red ingredients there sometimes in the work. Yeah, but it's tricky then if someone who doesn't necessarily know what they're doing sort of tries to take pieces of that same exact approach. That is exactly right. Yeah, they should they should not be too involved with it because it can be, you know, the child will, will get fed up with the game very early on and somebody that maybe could have been a good player, they won't, won't bother with it. But they've got to enjoy themselves and they've got to be made feel welcome. How important is that? That, that juniors and that kids enjoy themselves and, and sort of independently have a love for the game of golf? It's very important. You know, I mean, people used to say to me, you know, Michael, uh, my child or Johnny or uh, Sarah, whoever wants to come back for lessons because they enjoyed it. It's not mm-hmm. really a lesson. You know, they just want to come back because they enjoyed it. Yeah. And that's what they've got to do because kids want to enjoy themselves. It's not like being at school, really. It shouldn't be that way. It should be more no. fun and enjoyment as long as they're safe and well looked after. And when you first get, say, a kid coming down with his parents and they say, all right, Michael, here you go. What, what, are, what are some of the first things that you'll do with a starting out junior golfer? <clears throat> well, depending how young they are, if they're six, seven or eight, I'll bring the parent down with them. You know, they'll mm-hmm. come with me and I'll talk to the parent. And sometimes the kids just want to swing the club and talk about their Xbox or the PlayStation or, or where they're mm-hmm. going later on to their friend's house. And that's fine. So then you've got to know, you teach them maybe one thing that day. You might teach them how to grip the club. Mm-hmm. And the next time they'll come back and say the same thing. And then you might teach them a little swing. But, you know, it can't be too draconian or too dogmatic. You've got to work with them and just know that they'll develop they're all developed at different stages or different times. And you've got to be aware of that. You kind of buy into that. Yeah. So then you kind of work with, you work with what you're given essentially. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you can, you've got a sense that you're going to analyze it yourself and see, you know, very quickly you'll know after a couple of times, you know, what they're, they're capable of doing at that stage. And you work with that, you might pull them back a bit or you might push them on a bit, you'll know very quickly. (laughs) Yeah. And then when you start to see talent, uh, someone that might then go on to play golf at school or, or beyond, uh, is there any way that you shift your approach then? Um, yeah, well, you do. You probably go uh, up a level where you're, you know that there's something there. There's a, there's a, a talent there or there's, they could do something and their swing. You just, you just try to mold the swing to how you feel that they could play their best. I might, you might get a bit more involved in the technology. You might uh, pull out the track man or use video a little bit more, but just as you need it. It's just yeah. as, as it's required. But you you just try to, you know, and, and with that, they need lots and lots of competition mm-hmm. against other players. I mean, that's one thing that Rory was always able to do. As soon as he beat you, he would move on to the next guy. He would say, <laughs> right, who's better than you? I'm going to beat him. Yeah. You've got to play against people who are better players, beat them, then move up. Who were some of the people that were in his sights along the way? Who, you know, who was on that target in his bedroom? Um, I think Tiger Woods was probably, I mean, early on it was, uh, it was Nick Faldo. Mm. And then it was, when Tiger came on the scene, it was Tiger. So those two were the two main ones yeah. in his early days that he targeted, yeah. Uh, do you ever then just see Rory, you know, on the screen or, or, you know, talking to Tiger Woods or, or being around, you know, the greatest golfers in the world. Do you ever kind of pinch yourself and say, man, how far we've come? 
All the time. All the time. It just it's kind of surreal when you see him with uh, Mr. Jack Nicholas or Tiger Woods or any of those people that I would have uh, watched. You know that it's just unbelievable for me to watch him. You know, be better than them at times. Yeah, well, better than just about everyone right now. Is there any way that you think Rory has uh, has changed in you know? throughout this entire experience of becoming, you know, not just a great golfer, but now a, a celebrity by his own choosing or not. Uh, how, what effect do you think that that has had on him? When you just come down to the nub of it, like he's no different, really. He's just, mm-hmm. he's older, you know, he's more mature, but there's, there's, he's still Rory, you know, he's just, just the same person, but he is a very avid learner and reader and he's always willing to to better himself that way mm-hmm. and as well as his golf you know but uh it's just sometimes as you say you have to pinch yourself whenever you see where he's mm-hmm. gone but it's difficult for me to be like other people because I, i've been there just all along the way yeah you know i just i still see him as uh, as rory but he's he's fantastic now you know the way he has developed himself yeah no absolutely i guess i guess it's tough when you've seen it every step of the way to know exactly where those big changes would have come anyway and he seems keen on uh keeping in mind you know where he came from and uh, i mean certainly you could see it at Portrush last year um how emotional he got how how nervous he was on the first tee and then you know how he made such an emotional charge that second day to try to make the cut and just what that meant to him. Yeah. Um, you know, part of me is very disappointed not to be here for the weekend. Um, sorry. <laughs> Tough. No, don't worry. It's clearly an emotional time for you. Just take a moment. Um, yeah, I think he said himself on the second day after that charge that he made that, <clears throat> and the people, I was there, it wasn't a great day and, I, and it, he was coming in late and the people were still there, but they were only there for one reason. They were there, you know, just to see Rory maybe make the cut and do what he did. He was kind of shaken by that. You know, he'd, he kind of hadn't seen that for a while. That The local support was still so strong for him. I'm just so proud of uh, everyone involved in this tournament and bringing it to Northern Ireland. Um, you know, I, I, I wish the ending for me would have been written a little bit differently, but... Um, you know, it's been an awesome experience, and I can't wait to come back here in a few years and plan another Open. No, I mean, that was that was amazing to watch, and I think that's really when I got the the full sense of the community support. And, you know, and I, you know, like you said, that pressure wasn't necessarily coming from outside. It was really just coming from within. Everyone was there supporting him and rooting him on. And, you know, he was the one that was applying all that pressure to himself, it seems like. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it was difficult on that first tee, the first day for him, you know, just, I think the the whole thing just hit him on the tee, the noise and, and the people around him. But, you know, he did he did make a great charge in the second day. He was just a bit unlucky. A couple of shots would have done it, but there you go. Well, so then I wonder just to, to wrap us up here, if there are any lessons that you have taken from uh, from raising Rory to... Uh, teaching then junior golfers everywhere and, and if there's you know any big lesson from what worked out so well with Rory 
Yeah, I would think that um, <clears throat> you need to take your child to a good PGA pro. Mm-hmm. You need to find somewhere where they can play golf once they get swinging. And you've got to find someone to look after them who's got patience. Patience is the big thing with children. And uh, they've, as I said, they've got to enjoy themselves. They've got to be put in an environment where they can enjoy themselves. And just let's see what happens here. Oh, it's amazing. Well, it's an amazing story. And I'm excited to see more of your show. It's, it's called Breaking Into the Game Juniors. Uh, it's going to be on Golf Pass. And, uh, and Michael, that's where we're going to see all kinds of, of tips for, for you, for other juniors. That's it. The tips are in there. I have many other ones, but there's a few in there. And <laughs> hopefully we can, we can involve a lot of juniors and some parents, grandparents can get their kids out swinging because it's a great game. You know, it's a, it's a very, uh, you know, you make friendships for life, uh, gets you in the fresh air. And I mean, and you uh, can keep you fit as well. Good for your mental health. That's right. Now more than ever, we're seeing it's a, it's a great way to be outside, you know, getting fresh air, getting exercise. And, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And, and we were, you and I and, and Rory and so many others were lucky to get a club in our hands pretty early on. Yes. Very lucky. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Michael. Thank you, Dylan. That's going to do it for this week's episode of The Drop Zone. Thanks so much to Michael Bannon for joining us. His show is Breaking Into the Game Juniors, and you can find that on Golf Pass. Thanks also to Lee Finer, who expertly produced this week's episode. And thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>